Hello, everyone. Welcome into Living Liberty Today. I'm your host, Charlie Earl. This is episode 55. We're titling this one Accountability. What is accountability? Well, obviously, there's not much uh, that we can view on the public scene right now. It seems like it no longer exists for those who believe they are betters or better than we are. I want to give you one example, and there are many. Uh, obviously, the Afghan Afghanistan fiasco uh, would make us question some level of accountability, but I think there's one more immediate and more important than that. The so-called, quote, insurrection of January 6th, 2020, 2021, excuse me, where up to 500 people have been charged uh, for violating public space and all kinds of other nefarious schemes and things of that nature. But yet we have video of Capitol Police officers opening the doors and ushering people inside, those very same people who've been charged with violating a public space. That, to me, is a level of accountability. Shouldn't those cops be charged with accounting and abetting, or aiding and abetting, rather? Um, if they're going to let people in who are ultimately charged, then the cops have some level of responsibility in that. But no, in fact, many of them have already received medals for their bravery during this time of trial. All it is is just the number of people on the political scene who feel that they are above the law. In fact, uh, they scoff at the law and use it to their advantages to put down people who disagree with them. And I, I guess I would say that as a libertarian, I find that I find that almost criminal, evil in a way that one political party or one political group or one ideological bunch can twist the law and government to their advantage. But I'm not really surprised by it because right now we have basically heralded and people are attempting to preserve what we call a two-party system. And as a libertarian, and I'll say small-L libertarian, but I'm also legally a large-L libertarian, I find that an atrocious setup for our nation. Because when we can see that one side, primarily the left, uses government and government power with no recognition of the Constitution or basic human rights to put down the other side, we would expect there to be loyal or adamant opposition within Congress or within the halls of government from the GOP. No, no, there are a few members of the GOP who fight back and stand up for individual rights and liberty, but for the most part, they go along to get along. Why? because they believe in big government as well. So what you have, instead of a true two-party system that is trying to take uh, this element of government and take total control of our lives, you have basically a uniparty going on, although they differ in the tweaks and they differ in the, in the ultimate outcomes. One is a, I would call it a socialist-dominated uh, leg or arm of the of their uniparty. 
The other is a corporatist-dominated leg and arm of their party. And you'd think some of those Republicans would be getting smart at last because they'll find out that the big corporate structure is falling right in with this whole socialist trend and uh, denying them, denying their friends. Let's take it on down one more step onto accountability, and that's this whole aspect of vaccines. And as we talked before, they're inoculations, not vaccines. But we found out that those who got at least the early stages of the Pfizer and the, and the uh, I think it was the Johnson & Johnson are now finding that they've become carriers of the new variant, can still get sick despite having been vaccinated. And yet, and yet, corporate America and government are both uniting arm in arm to force vaccination on everyone to who knows, for what their nefarious purposes may be, what their ultimate aims may be. And those people who resist are, at some level, considered domestic terrorists. So that leads us into some of the things going on in the, in the news today and uh, how it impacts us. Let's go back to Afghanistan for a minute, and I have Bill Bonner's diary from uh Sunday the 22nd, and he's talking about the graveyard of empires, particularly about Afghanistan. And if you know the history there, you know that the, the Brits and the Russians and now the U.S. have all gone into Afghanistan with the attempt to impact how that country has operated and run and uh, have some influence to try to maybe change their way of doing things that will bring them into the 21st century, and all have failed after prolonged wars and battles and fighting against the constant guerrilla effects of the Afghanis. Um, nation building, in my view, and again, I say this as a libertarian, but I think as a sensible American, Nation-building, in my view, is a fruitless enterprise that never turns out well for the builder or for the nation being built. It's usually devastating, disrupting cultural practices, totally um, stirring up their societies and creating hostilities that prior to that at least were submerged, if not non-existent prior to that point. So... Um, I would say nation-building as an exercise, for our country at least, uh, should be one that we put away in the dustbin of history. Another article I'd like to just mention here briefly is from the Pew Research Center on Saturday, the 21st, their weekly roundup. And basically one of their survey questions was, uh, should government take steps to restrict false information online? The majority of the people say that the tech companies should do so. While that seems like maybe a good idea because false information is bad information, and false information in many cases is worse than no information because at least with no information, you can make a reasoned assumption based on your on your own intuitive sense, if you get false information, it may distort the outcome of your thinking. On the other hand, do I want, you know, Bebos and 
the people that run the big tech companies deciding what's false and what's not. We've already seen that in Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Reddit and all these others. Uh, their determination of what is false and what is not sometimes runs contrary to some of the data and facts we have available. So I don't trust them to make that judgment, and I sure as hell don't trust government to make the decision about what information is false and what's not. Government will always decide in favor of information that advances its uh, effort to control us and will always deny uh, information that is contrary to their, their, uh, their narrative. Another one is Kaboom and Kabul. Um, this is from Bill Bonner's diary on Friday the 20th. Uh, Bill talks about the Afghan army wasn't real. The Afghan civil authority was never real. Uh, he was quoting a soldier who served there. And basically what we did was we propped up again under the nation building guys. We propped up uh, a, a structure that was a paper propped up a paper structure so that the minute uh, the U.S. decided to leave, and I might add it was a terrible way of leaving, but the minute the U.S. started to leave, the entire structure collapsed because the members of the military and the, and the armed forces and so forth decided that their best method for survival, their best vehicle for survival, uh, was the new power base in town. So that's who they stuck with. Um, again, that goes back to nation building. You can't build a nation without an infrastructure and a foundation. And those foundations for a democratic republic or just a democracy don't exist in many of these cultures that are still tribal in a sense. Um, there is still the hostility tribe to tribe to tribe, and having an overall democratic approach, we see that in Iraq. We see it in just about everywhere we've tried to do this. People point to Germany, post-war Germany, as a, as a real example of how the United States helped develop and build a democratic uh, republic there. But again, you're talking about a Western culture that had some shared values, even if they were distorted and corrupted by the Nazis, the National Socialists, you still had some element of basic shared value there. And uh, plus, Germany had gone through its own trials and turmoil for a 100 years, and so they were basically ready to take a deep breath and join the Western world. Totally di different thing when you get into the more remote and primitive cultures that they're trying to do this with now. Another article from the Stansbury Digest on Saturday the 21st is uh, talks about high-tech or biotech being the new area where you may want to look for investment opportunities. Um, the biotech thing is pretty fascinating. I find it scary. Uh, this whole vaccine thing is, you know, giving me some insight to the scary and incomplete and corporate structures that surround this whole development scheme. But nevertheless, if you are looking just for a place to make a few bucks, 
You may want to look in the biotech world because of the patents that go with it. And uh, there's a method patent that they Sansbury talked about. This is what a drug does or how it is used. So that patent for that. The second patent for most biotech things involves the chemistry patent describing how that particular drug is made or constructed. So either one of those patents have some value, but the real value is what they call the landscape patent. They're talking about how the drug is used out in the world of, I don't know, pain and agony, whatever. So you might want to look, when you're looking at a biotech investment, you want to examine all three facets of that. You know, the the purpose of the drug, how it's constructed, how it's made, and ultimately how it's used, and there may be your opportunities to make a few bucks. Uh, I'm getting more and more skeptical of the biotech industry. I'm just as I, on the farmland, I'm getting more and more skeptical of our plant inputs and weed control and all that kind of stuff because the act after effects and the uh, unintended consequences may exceed the value, ultimate value of what we produce. I see the same thing in the biotech industry that maybe will save a few people uh, from some kind of debilitating illness or whatever with a high-cost pharmaceutical, but then we turn around and come back later and find our unintended consequences or side effects Well, we had no awareness of or at least maybe the manufacturer might have been aware of them, but hit them in their research. But nevertheless, if that's an area you feel comfortable investing in, uh, be sure to look at those three levels of patents when you decide to pick one up. It's the application, the landscape one, that really has the most potential for growth and money. So uh, the other two are important, but they don't have the long-term and greater financial benefit package that the landscape does. Well, that's that's our talk for today. Accountability is our word. Um, let's see what we can do. Let's band together. Let's keep our own selves free internally. Be free, stay free, and you are always free as long as you know who you are, what you want, and where you want to be. That's a living liberty for today. I'm Charlie Earle. Take care.